Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? So you have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it right. You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, here we go. We're literally. We are on, <laughs> on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner. And the fat man. He says, man. You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up the <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Pulos, and it's good to be back. Uh, today on the podcast, I thought I would uh, cover a story that's uh, been all over the news for the last couple months and uh, kind of involves my business, so... I don't know. I felt like uh, I want to put my two cents on it, and uh, I'm speaking about the uh, Bill Cosby incident. So if you're not aware of the story, which I I don't know if it's possible to not be aware of it at this point, um, I should say at the beginning of this that he uh, has not been officially convicted of anything, and... Uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty, as they say. Um, but I think at this point, close to 36 or 40 women have come out and said that Bill Cosby, at one point or another throughout his life, had uh, somehow drugged them and then sexually assaulted them. And it's just a, a very weird case, you know, because... Bill Cosby, obviously an icon, you know, uh, and not only an icon, but like a family icon, like so famous for being uh, a comedian that was squeaky clean on stage, family-friendly television shows, um, spoke out numerous times in the press and at uh, uh, functions about... uh, young people and the way they carried themselves and they should be more respectful and and I guess what pushed me to do the podcast right now about it is uh, the latest development of uh, Richard Pryor's wife coming out and uh, basically calling Bill Cosby a piece of shit which is it's just insane I mean I mean there's no question that uh, Cosby and Pryor had their um back and forths you know Cosby always accused Pryor of kind of ripping off his storytelling style and criticizing him of being a very vulgar comic on stage and and Cosby would you know show his distaste and Eddie Murphy being really filthy and and all this kind of stuff but uh yeah apparently Pryor's ex-wife um basically saying that it was a well-known fact that Bill Cosby slept with anything that moved and it was just kind of a well-known fact and that his wife Camille had known about it from the beginning and uh you know people get down on Camille and uh 
I, truthfully, if I was in her position, I wouldn't even know how to react, you know. Obviously, there's a big part of her that still wants to believe that all of these stories are fake, that they're all lying to try to get fame or, or something from it. But, I mean, the reality is um, there was one case over his lifetime that got close to a trial, and then he settled it, and the proceedings were sealed. So nobody can look at what was in the depositions or whatever. But, I mean, there's one case where funny business was happening, you know. And, I mean, if we take a step back and ask the question, like, if one of these cases is real, just one, I mean, it's some pretty sick shit, man, you know. It's like it's sick enough... Um, to assault somebody but the way that he was doing it supposedly I put in air quotes was giving them alcoholic beverages that had some kind of drug in it that made them pass out um, but a lot of them woke up in the middle of it or right after it to find him like naked or whatever like that and that's just some like psychopathic behavior i mean if i don't know if there's ever going to be a resolution to it where they're going to say you know yes 100 percent, he did all this horrible behavior and we can put it to rest but i mean um if that was the case i mean bill cosby could be the biggest serial rapist in the history of america which is just insane you know to think about that you know the huxtable you know the Cosby Show, Fat Albert, all of this stuff. And, you know, and that's the thing is like, this world that we live in, there's such this uh, mentality of dealing with people on the surface and not spending a lot of time getting to know what's really going on, you know. Because, you know, I went through it myself. You know, I put on a brave face and and lived my life and nobody knew what I was struggling with. You know, and that's just, I think, what happens when you have really bad problems. You don't really want to, at least for me, I can speak from my own uh, experience, that it's like you're going through all these problems and you want to like talk to your friends and family about it and you get to that point where you're going to kind of like unload it all on them and for me I would always have a moment where I would look at the person who I was talking to I'd be like you know god they're going through so much themselves like what right do I have to unload all of this garbage on them but you know you have to get past that like that's the one thing that's gotten me through is is having like real talks with people real talks talking about your feelings and what's going on in your life and just you know saying it out loud because that's that's the biggest thing and obviously uh if bill cosby was doing this stuff he's you know a complete addict and 
speaking as you know a recovering addict like you get blinded man you get blinded by whatever that thing is where you just get tunnel vision and all you see is is the end goal and and whatever you're about to do to satisfy whatever you need you know and uh god it's just it's hard to believe and it's hard to understand um but like people have said you know how could he get away with it for so long i mean we're talking about bill cosby he had one of the greatest television shows in the history of television i mean if it's not second behind seinfeld it's at least in the top five and the amount of revenue that was produced just from that television show you know even outside of his movies and comedy albums and touring and all that kind of stuff just that show in general the amount of money that he made the amount of juice that he was able to use and and strong arm people and whatever because there was an interview that he did and i think i talked about this with uh, mark yaffe on the podcast that's just like if you have a, a moment you should go and watch it because i think for the first time in that interview we get to see the real bill cosby the way he lives his life day to day and kind of keeps this buried this dirty secret that he's got and how he keeps it buried um because he was doing an interview with CNN, I think, and then at the end, like, it was just supposed to be this fun, upbeat interview about his career and, and something or other, and then towards the end, the guy said, and I think it was very early on, and the accusations were coming out, and he said, you know, I, I hate to do this, but being a broadcast journalist, I've got to ask the question, would you like to respond to the allegations that are out in the news right now? And he said, uh, he didn't say anything. He just, like, put his head down and was shaking his head. And then the guy said, uh, okay, you've you've got your head down and you're shaking it back and forth. I'm going to take that, that you don't want to answer the question. And then, uh, apparently, they kept the cameras rolling. And then after they were done, uh, that's when you get to see the real Cosby, you know. He's like... Uh, you know, will you do me a favor as uh, a courtesy to another person in the business and uh, not show that last part of the interview? I would really appreciate it. And the and the kid was like, uh, you know, I'll do I'll do my best or whatever. But you know, in the in the eye of journalism, like I might not be able to, you know, take care of that request or whatever. And then Cosby turns to this kid's boss and says uh maybe we should talk to somebody at the top of cnn about this who the fuck says that who has the balls to turn to a boss and ask to talk to not only his boss but the boss of the boss like set me up with the guy who runs this fucking place because we're gonna squash to this right now like we're not fucking around like this is this is not going on the air and the way he that he was just going uh back and forth about it and the way that he was uh just really uh he wouldn't let it go um i'm actually gonna you know it's such a good piece of audio for this podcast 
Uh, I'm going to find that and I'm going to clip it in right now. I didn't want to, I have to ask about your name coming up in the news recently regarding this comedian. No, no, we don't answer that. Okay. I, I just wanted to ask if you wanted to respond at all about whether any of that was true. There's no response. Okay. Can I ask you if, with the, the persona that people know about Bill Cosby, should they believe anything differently about what There is no comment about that. And, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I think you were told. I, I don't want to compromise your integrity, but um, we don't, I don't talk about it. As the interview wound down, Cosby then continued the conversation. The camera was still running, and Cosby and his wife were wearing lapel microphones. Thank you very much. Thank oh, you. I appreciate your time. Thank now, you. Now, can I get something from you? What's that? That none of that will be shown. I, I can't promise that myself, but you didn't say anything. I know I didn't well. say anything, but I, I'm asking your integrity that since I didn't want to say anything, but I did answer you in terms of I don't want to say anything, of what value will it have? I don't think it will. Ma'am, what'd you say? Sorry? What did you say? I don't think it has any value either. Yeah. And I would appreciate it if it was scuttled. I hear you. I, I will tell that to my editors, and, and, and I think that they... Well, I, I think if you want to consider yourself to be serious, mm -hmm. that it will not appear anywhere. Okay. I appreciate what you've asked. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we thought, by the way, because it was AP, that it wouldn't be necessary to go over that question with you. And we haven't written about this at all in the past two months. If you will just tell your boss the reason why we didn't say that up front was because we thought uh, that AP had the integrity to not ask. And one other point on that, the, the, one of the three major TV writers for the AP in Los Angeles called me up and, right. and asked me, Lynn Elbert, and right. we said, we're, we're, we're not addressing it. So okay. she, she said, fine, and she just closed it off. Okay. And I think you need to get on the phone with his I will, yeah. person immediately. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay. So there it was. Man, do you hear that in there? Like, there was a couple moments where you're like, oh, my God, this guy has squashed a lot of shit in his life. There was like the one phrase where he says, I think you were told not to bring that up or something like that. You were told. And then he was like, you know, trying to skirt around it. And he's like, well, I figured with it being the AP that they wouldn't bring up, sub, uh, you know, such questions, you know, and it's just like back and forth and, his poor wife is sitting there with like a plastic smile on her face having to deal with this again.
And then uh, that great line at the end where he says, I think we need to get on the phone with his boss immediately. Like, like, you know, if this was like the 70s, could you imagine like the 70s? Like this is digital, you know, like the stuff they're recording was probably already sent to Washington or New York for editing and upload. But like, can you imagine like the 70s where it was like old school, like videotape recording and somebody asked him something that he didn't want out in the news, you know? He probably had some kind of thug there just, like, pull the videotape out of the camera like mafioso and, like, pull the strings out and toss it in the fireplace. Like, that that doesn't exist, and you don't do that, you know? That's the kind of juice this guy has had his entire life, especially through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I mean, forget about it. He was untouchable. And the fact that it's coming out right now, and he is touchable, is pretty crazy. Um, I'm going to clip in another uh, clip from CNN where they interview um, the reporter that was talking to Bill Cosby. And uh, I think it, uh, it illustrates some more interesting insights into this whole case. Welcome back. This headline atop the Washington Post this morning says it all. Accusations recast an American cultural icon. It had stripped across the front of the post this morning, and that icon, of course, is Bill Cosby. So much has changed for Cosby since we last spoke about him here on Reliable Sources last week. You know, his potential NBC sitcom, no longer in development. His Cosby show repeats, no longer airing on TV land. His Netflix comedy special, on hold. Several of his stand-up performances have been scrapped too, although dozens of others are still scheduled to go on in the next six months. But here's the thing, here's the remarkable thing about this story. Some of the women who have accused Cosby of sexual assault first leveled those allegations many years ago. You might say the allegations, the accusations, were hidden in plain sight, but only a handful of journalists paid close attention back then. All that changed this year, and specifically this month. I interviewed one of the accusers, Barbara Bowman, right here this time last week. And then on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, etc., etc., other women spoke out as well. Some repeated what they had said years ago, and some spoke for the very first time. That post story now counts 16 women. Now, a very important reminder here, Cosby has never been charged with a crime in any of these cases. One of Cosby's attorneys, Martin D. Singer, released this remarkable statement on Friday. Here's part of what it says. Over and over again, we have refuted these new unsubstantiated stories with documentary evidence, only to have a new uncorroborated story crop up out of the woodwork. When will it end? It is long past time for this media vilification of Mr. Cosby to stop. There have been a lot of questions about why those allegations, the ones that we've been hearing about on TV in recent days, didn't get more coverage from more media outlets years ago. And I think this next video clip is a big part of the answer. Because the AP, the Associated Press, was talking to Cosby a couple weeks ago, Cosby and his wife Camille, about their their involvement with a Smithsonian art exhibit. Uh, This all happened, uh, I think it was November 6th. It was before any of the TV interviews with any of the accusers took place. But back then, the comedian Hannibal Buress had been getting some attention for calling out Cosby. This story was starting to gain traction. So the AP reporter tried to ask Cosby for comment. We don't answer that, Cosby said. We, we don't answer that. But then after the interview, uh, but before Cosby took off his microphone, this happened. 
Here. Now, can I get something from you? What's that? That none of that will be shown. I. I can't promise that myself, but you didn't say anything. I know I didn't say anything, but I, I'm asking your integrity that since I didn't want to say anything, but I did answer you in terms of I don't want to say anything, of what value will it have? Think about the power dynamic there. Cosby continued to pressure the reporter, the young reporter, to scuttle the question about rape, to hide it from the public and even questioned the reporter's integrity. At first, the AP just reported the no comment from Cosby, but this week the AP decided to release that whole cringeworthy tape. Like I said, it reveals the power dynamic between a powerful celebrity and the person interviewing him. And that person is AP arts writer Brett Zonker, and he joined me from Washington. Brett Zonker, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Tell me about November 6th, because for people who have not seen the whole four-minute video, it's pretty excruciating to watch. You asked Bill Cosby several times about these allegations. He said he had no comment. And then, what did he say to you next? You know, he, he kept talking after I asking questions. After I stopped asking questions, he kept talking, and he wanted to ask me a few questions at that point. He asked, you know, would we not use any of the video uh, from the questions I had just asked him? Um, and I said I couldn't promise that. And he asked me a, a couple more times, he said that if I was a serious journalist, we wouldn't use any of this footage. That was my favorite part, and by favorite, I mean most horrifying. You know, when he says to you, well, if you're a serious uh, journalist, you know, you're not going to be uh, wanting to share this. That, that's the opposite of a serious journalist. I mean, did you sense in that moment that he didn't even understand what real journalism is? It surprised me quite a bit that, that he questioned my integrity for even asking the question. You know, I was there, I have been an admirer and of Bill Cosby growing up, watching him on television. Um, I didn't want to ask these questions, but I had to ask these questions because I'm a journalist and I was doing my job. So for a few minutes, he tries to pressure you, that's my word, not yours, pressure you into not sharing the video clip of him, you know, badgering you about, about the uh, questions. Then what happened after the cameras turned off? Did he keep bringing this up to you afterwards? You know, most of our, our entire conversation was really captured on camera. Okay. Um, the camera kept rolling, and when the, when the camera stopped, I stood up and I shook both of their hands and thanked them for the interview, and we moved on. Was it ethical then, you think, for the AP, for you and your colleagues to now share the video of the exchange that happened after the interview formally ended? You know, it, it's interesting because nobody ever actually said this interview has ended now. Nobody said let's turn off the camera um, the conversation actually continued and you know and the camera kept rolling and and the microphones were still on mr. and mrs. Cosby at that point let me wrap up by asking about the two weeks between your interview uh, which you had no idea was going to become as as famous as it now is and and the period where it was published by the AP were you involved in the deliberations about whether to share it uh, and if so what was your position on it um, you know, there was a big discussion uh, from the moment the interview ended and, and then over the past couple of weeks about how to handle this. Um, so I was part of the discussion and it involved editors all the way up to AP headquarters in New York City. Um, but I think it's important to remember that two weeks ago, this Cosby story was in a very different place and it's evolved pretty dramatically since then. More, Several more women have, have come out with 
allegations against Bill Cosby. Several media companies have moved to kind of distance themselves or cut ties from Mr. Cosby. And so we looked at the entire tape again this week, and the, the video seemed much more relevant at this point in the story. I think people wanted to see how he would react um, to being questioned about this. Let's talk about how much has changed in the past two weeks, because when you conducted your interview on November 6th, there was, I'm going to say, a little bit of noise, a little bit of attention, a little bit of scrutiny on Bill Cosby and these allegations, but not nearly as much as we've, we've seen since. So why did you ask him in the first place? Why did you bring it up at all? This had come up in the news in the two or three weeks prior to my interview, and it was generated in part by some sharp criticism from another comedian during a stand-up comedy routine um, that got a lot of attention online. Um, that generated some news coverage about this and about the, the background of past accusations against Bill Cosby. So. It was in the news enough that I felt like I had to ask the question. It was, it was my job to ask the question, and I saved it for the end of the interview. Associated Press reporter Brett Zonker, thanks so much for being here. So they ended up covering a lot of the same points in that, but uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, the interview with the actual reporter that was there. Um, you know, I was just thinking as... Uh, I was clipping that audio in like, I don't know if anybody has uh, gone over the storyline that I just brought up of like what happened in the 70s, you know, when, or even the 80s. Like, I don't know when video cameras went digital, but it couldn't have been that long ago. I mean, when it was just a reporter and a video camera and a tape rolling in the video camera, like how many times like Cosby himself, like, you know, pulled out a roll of cash and said give me that videotape you're not going to put it on tv or one of his uh thugs kind of rolled in and took the tape if cosby has thugs i don't know i mean back then he probably had a lot of security he hung out at the playboy mansion and and all that kind of stuff but i mean he has got like balls the size of the moon the fact that he's still going out there and like doing stand-up like sitting on a stage in a room full of like a thousand to two thousand people just kind of hoping against hope that nobody is going to bring it up and he got away he got away with it for a little bit and now i guess at a lot of his concerts uh people are heckling him over his comments um, so I'm going to clip in some audio from uh, TMZ where they cover, uh, he was doing a show in Canada, I guess, and somebody stood up and started yelling, you're a rapist, which is surprising that it hadn't happened before. Um, but uh, they cover that not only did he get heckled and he kind of made it through it, but uh, towards the end of it, he made a really horrible joke considering the circumstances. <laughs> so... Um, you guys can listen to your uh, listen to it for yourself. And now a heckle that really only works at a Bill Cosby concert. Well, you guys have been great. Thanks for coming. Bill was performing in Ontario on Thursday night when, in the middle of it, some guy started yelling, "You are a rapist." You knew that was going to happen, right? I mean, it was only a matter of time. Somebody yeah. buys a ticket and they go in and they do it. The audience got really upset, but Cosby kept his cool and calmed them down. Stop it! Stop it, stop it. That's right. Shh, shh, 
No clapping, nothing. That's all right. He's getting calmer and calmer in a hushed tone. Just let it wash over you. Hey, <laughs> then relax. Just let it happen. Okay, we just have patience. Okay. So now, uh, he does have a calming voice. I was getting sleepy. That's what she said, and she said, and she said, and she said, and she said. Anyway, the heckler was kicked out, but... That wasn't the weirdest thing about the concert. No, reportedly, in the middle of the show, a woman gets up to go to the bar. He asked her where she was going, and she said to the bar to get a drink, and he says, you gotta be careful when you drink around me. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's funny at all, sorry. Honestly, that's like the funniest thing he said in like really two funny. weeks. That's good. I think he's mocking the allegations. He's gotta be, yeah. So rather than hiding from it, he's just mocking it. Next up on Cosby's comedy tour, Colorado, where they're all getting pretty excited. Had your kids, had your wife. Yeah, okay, great. Bill Cosby, everyone. And it's just amazing to me how how much he's dealing with this with with ease on stage. Like I can't imagine at any moment in his entire career with whatever he was doing on stage as far as his performing goes he ever got heckled by anybody i mean what would they be able to heckle him about you know talking about how you know mom gave us chocolate cake or dad is great give us the chocolate cake you sick son of a bitch stop talking about cake you know it's like what is there to yell about you know people always ask me if i get heckled and Sometimes, but not as much as other guys that talk about political stuff and religion and, you know, the gender and, and you know, really edgy subjects, because I just don't go there. And that wasn't his M.O., so I was like, to watch him in that clip just calmly deal with people yelling at him and just getting back into it like nothing just happened is just really crazy, and the fact that He's only made like one or two statements. He hasn't really come out and, and really said that much about it. He's just kind of like, he keeps taking this wait and see um, path on it. And it's just, you know, mind bottling, boggling. <laughs> I was watching Blades of Glory last night. Now I got mind bottling stuck in my head instead of boggling. Um, yeah, so, I mean... Who knows where it'll go? Uh, every time I look at my CNN feed, you know, it's off of there. And then, you know, a week later, it's like the number one story again because another woman came out and another woman came out. And, you know, all their stories are exactly the same. And, I mean, some of the details on some of the the assaults are just too too graphic to even, like, wrap your head around that it's Bill Cosby doing it. You know, and like I said, he's not been convicted of anything. It's just what they're saying he did. Um, obviously, there's no evidence left because a lot of these happened years ago. But, uh, you know, who knows what the end of this will be. I just, uh, I don't know, being a stand-up comic and a huge admirer of Bill Cosby over my entire life and career, I thought, uh, you know, since I had a voice here, I would put my two cents in on it and obviously if it is true it's like one of the most disturbing and disgusting things i've ever heard of in my entire life and uh i guess it just this story really teaches us no matter how much you think you know about somebody 
no matter how much you can rely on what kind of a person that they are, you never really know what's happening behind the scenes. You know, how many times have you, you know, seen, uh, seen a friend and, you know, they go to church and, and, you know, they hang with friends and all this kind of stuff. And then it comes out that they're, you know, addicted to shoplifting or on the weekends they're an escort or something like that. You know, it's like everybody's got these dirty little secrets, you know, and, and they eat away at us over our lives. And those moments when they bubble to the surface and you're not ready for it, man, this is the type of shit that happens. It is like a dam where just a little stream of water comes out. And as you try to plug it, four more streams come out. And before you know it, the dam gives way and, and there's just no stopping it. So, um, we'll see how this story shakes out as it keeps going, but man, it's, it's pretty disturbing already. But, uh, I appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast. Uh, you can always get it at Podbean or iTunes and, uh, check out the live streaming radio with, uh, podcast highlights and uh comedy album clips and everything it's on my website largedrunkman.com and uh tune in next time when we talk about who knows what you need to do is get yourself a jello pudding pop in the picture page and watch an unbridled enthusiasm with the mark pulos but you can't watch it because it's on the podcast